This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Coach Jen in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for September 28th, episode 2528, brought to you today by Kevin Equine. Good morning, Horse World. It's Monday. Monday is my favorite time of year. This is Horses in the Morning with your lovable hosts, Jamie Jennings. I am the queen. You listen to me. I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular. Glenn the Geek. You look especially radiant today, your grace. I'm going to do a terrific show today because I'm good enough and doggone it, people like me. Happy Monday. Well, congratulations. You've made it. If you're listening to this, you are here relatively close to Monday, and we appreciate you uh, checking it out. And uh, you heard Coach Jen, because Glenn is actually out sick today. I do believe he's probably 10 feet away from you, Jen, right now, uh, listening to half of the show. Am I right? Well, I'm sure he wishes he was, but he, he is utterly and thoroughly recliner-bound today. Is he passed out right now? Is he he is passed out. I think that's the great word, passed out. <laughs> Unbelievable. What a bum. All right. Well, we hope he gets better soon. And um, thank you for jumping in. Why don't you tell everybody, it's like nostalgic to have you do the On Today's Show. So please tell us what's coming up. It's like up. the good old days. Coming up on today's show, we're going to chat for, uh, with Alistair from Great Britain. So that'll be an interesting call to have. And she has created the ultimate Airbnb for horse folks and others. You're going to be so excited and you're going to be inspired when you hear about it. And then Plaidcast host Piper Clem is going to jo join us live from Capital Challenge, which is a hunter show that is being held this year for the first time at the World Equestrian Center in Ohio. Normally it's in Maryland, but because it's 2020 and all, they had to change it. So that'll be fun to hear about. And then we're going to happily share some of our listeners' most sarcastic first world equestrian problems because all horse problems are sarcastic. There you go. <laughs> and they're all first world. That is true. <laughs> all, all right. Daily, you get to go first with the Daily Winnie. Oh, I get to go first. <laughs> all right. Here we go. We have birthday Daily Winnies with uh, Kelly. Nellie Kennedy, who is one of our honors, of course. Yay! And also Debbie Metcalf from Stolen Horse International. It's her birthday too today, so congratulations. And we have new auditors like crazy. Mariana Allen, Liz Van Weerden, Lori Bins, Jessica Quinn, Rochelle McFeely, Amy Cupid, and April Shapiro, who upped her pledge. So thanks to all of the auditors, and uh, thanks for supporting the program. And I have an extra daily, Winnie. I'm going to do this. That extra daily, Winnie, is for April, who went riding with me yesterday at the Misty Morning Hounds Hunter Pace. And she she actually remembered to turn on her ride GPS so that it could record her distance, etc. And she has the really fancy one that records uh, what gate you're using. Not sure how it does that. She did... 143 trot walk trot transitions. Oh my <laughs> in god. Our face. <gasps> oh my gosh. My abs hurt from the half halts that ensued. <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Were you with her? Did yes, you ride we, with her? We rode so together. We we rode we were a team because it was a hunter pace and you go out in little teams. And Nigel walks at about 900 miles an hour when he goes to these oh. things. So, of course, Windsor, being the manly man that he is, wants to keep up. But it's a lot easier for him to jig along than walk that fast. 
So he would jig and then she'd tell him to walk and then he'd jig and then she'd tell him to walk. <laughs> Oh my God, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> that is the last time she'll go with you as a partner. And she keeps coming back for more. That's the Daily Winnie part. Is she continues to go riding with me. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. And now it's your turn. Oh my gosh, you guys. What a great weekend for horses here at Flyover Farms. First of all, Malachi. Do you remember Malachi? Uh, uh, yes, Malachi's the little not thoroughbred fella who who was so distrustful and really unhappy to be around humans when you started with him. Yes, well, he's been here um, almost three weeks, and his owner came out for her lesson, for a second lesson yesterday, and was able to get on him. So Yay! I was really thrilled that, I mean, we're still in the phase, you know, I mean, it's been, he's probably had 10 rides, and so the fact that somebody who, yeah, I mean... First of all, she rides Western and of course he's in an English saddle. So there you go. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. (laughs) Um, But she got on him and he was a really good boy and we're working on, you know, just like go stop turn kind of Mm -hmm. at this point. So they were in the round pen and, and I'm really pleased with how they did. So he was a very good boy. No rearing. All that's in the past. It's all behind him now, Jen. He's now a little perfect 14 hand. I measured him angel. And he, 14 hands, that's not small. But by God, next to the horses I've been getting in training, which are all like 17 hands, he looks like a tiny pony. So uh, 14 hand Malachi had his owners on him and I'm super pleased. Now the other part of my daily winning goes out to Abby who is staying with us indefinitely and Drax. Now, for those of you that remember Drax was sold, I sold him at the beginning of the summer, but he was returned to me because he wouldn't go. So they said he won't move forward. And every time I ask him to move forward, he pins his ears and I probably should have just kicked him, but I'm not comfortable doing that. And I'm just really, I don't understand. I want to return him. So I said, okay, bring him back. Cause I like the horse and they bring him back and oh my God, his feet are like little nubs. And what they did was I, I, so they unload him and I'm like, where's his shoes? <laughs> oh, yeah, we decided we want to make him a barefoot horse. And I was like, but his feet are like little nubs. Well, yeah, you, you, my farrier has been coming out every two weeks and, and, and trimming him because we really wanted to get rid of the nail holes. Now yeah. I have said that story to a couple people. I, there's not one person that has been like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that. Nobody's heard of that because that's not a thing. Like if you try to get rid of the nail holes after a horse just takes its shoe off, you're taking the bottom third of the foot completely off, which is basically what happened. Now I have this amazing farrier who came out and was able to get shoes on him. And, you know, we've got the bell boots on him. We've got basically doing everything we can to keep these shoes on these tiny little feet. And we went to school on Saturday, just up at uh, Feather Creek, which is up the street, just take him and get him out. And, um, they said, oh yeah, we're having a horse show tomorrow. And so I was like, Abby, you want to take him to a show? (laughs) Of course, (laughs) why not? He's been here two weeks. (gasps) Oh, by the way. Oh, by the way, you want to go to a show? And of course she's 18 and game for anything. So she's like, sure. And so, oh my God. I don't know. We're going to talk to Piper a little bit later about the hunter shows. Um, but I, I'm an inventor. And I, I did show hunters all growing up. So I showed hunters from like the time I was 10 till the time I was 20, pretty much every weekend. And I forgot in the last 20 years that hunter shows you, they're like, okay, we're going to start the cross rail soon or whatever class. And literally you're waiting there for an hour. So poor Abby got on and had to wait for over an hour on this hyperly anxious thoroughbred, but stuck it out. We got off, we grazed him, we walked him around, you know, just like she did everything right and got on him and completed and got two, she showed in two classes and got two blue ribbons. (laughs) You got a chilly Winnie for that. Now I would like to also point out that in the world of social media, I got a I got a confession to make. Oh, I had to post pictures of him at the show, 
And she was wearing like a fly, my flyover farm saddle pad and my flyover farm shirt. So she's like <laughs> representing. There's no mistaking. Abby has been is. branded. <laughs> she has been branded. Exactly. And I also had to, we didn't get the ribbons till later, you know, because this is one of those shows they didn't really spend time on the prize list. You just go down to the office and that's when you find out if you want or not. Schooling yeah. show. Um, and we get down there and the two Rubens, but we had already put tracks in the trailer and everything. So, um, I had her sit in the kitchen and I was like, I am going to take a picture of you with your two blue ribbons. And so she's like, fine. So I take the pictures and I posted it on social media in hopes. I don't, I'm, she's not friends with me on Facebook anymore. The woman who returned them because I got, I can understand why Yeah, let that, her, that would make everybody feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just hoping beyond all hopes that somebody shares it with her. I mean, I just like, come on, somebody share it with her and let her know that Drax is like, got shoes on and he moves forward and he's fine. And he went to a horse show and won a couple blue ribbons. You Snarky, just, you so really, champion. you really need that. I told you so moment to complete I do. your day. Yeah. And I might never know that it happened, but knowing that it might've happened in the world is making me feel a little bit better. That's so, enough. There you go. There we go. Perfect. Thank you very much. Um, I, I also want to talk about Lisa Wysocki. Uh-oh. Our dear friend who is an author who we've read her books on the air before, and she has a new book coming out very soon called The Rain Equation. And she decided to include in The Rain Equation myself and Zeus. And, and we are... Um, she sent me the pages last night of the mentions of Zeus and I, and y'all, oh my God. First of all, this book is going to be really good. I was only reading excerpts of it, the, the points that I was mentioned in it, and the dialogue is like quick and good and funny and just kind of like, I don't know, how many pe murdered people does Kat Enright have I to I know. Find? I don't and, know if I want to hang out with her. Well, it's kind of disgust. Like you really, and she actually says in it, she's like, I probably should find new friends. You know, like that's, <laughs> actually, there's a line in the book. I was laughing hysterically. The book is going to be super good, not just because Zeus and I could be murderers. I don't even know. Um, but anyway, I was really, really happy with um, the book and it's really good. And I'm, I can't wait to celebrate it coming out. So just know that when it comes out, you will be the first to hear about it. And I hope you all go out and buy it because it's really, it's super horsey. You know, I mean, she's talking about riding horses and horse shows and all the things. And then somebody ends up dead. And apparently I'm fairly aggressive. <laughs> in book. I don't know where she came up with that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I think I kick a guy in the nuts. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm not giving anything else away. But yeah, uh, so it was really, really good. So Lisa, awesome job. I'm super excited about the book. I can't wait to buy it. The Rain Equation. I cannot wait. I just, I just sent... Uh, I have several of the novels <clears throat> in my collection, and I posted about it at some point when her, the announcement of her new book came out on my Facebook page. And of course, my mom chimed in, I don't have those books yet. So I just popped them into the mail to send them up to her because they are totally fun reads. And I, I love a murder mystery. Love murder mysteries on the TV, on my audiobooks, in print books, you name them all. But the hard part is some authors put more murder than mystery into their books. Mm -hmm. And I have the same reaction to those as you do with horror movies. It just stays in your head and you can't get rid of it. Yeah. You know, just, it do they don't go there. The, it's the mystery part of the murder that is the focus, not the zombie murder part of the murder. So I really enjoy those books. And I can't wait to see them. And just a reminder, the Opium Equation we read on the air, it's the Cat Enright Equestrian Mystery Book 1. Yep. There's also the main equation, the fame equation, the magnum equation. And if you guys haven't read any of these, I just went on Amazon to see how much they are. And what are you doing? They're $2.99. Really? You buy them for the Kindle, for your Kindle app and you can do or they're free on Kindle unlimited. So if you have a Kindle membership or whatever, um, go check it out again. It's, it's, uh, get all caught up on, on, uh, Lisa's books and, and then we're going to read that one. And, uh, I, I, I'm so excited. Oh, that's, I can't, I can't wait to find out if you're the Glenn murderer. is actually mentioned in it as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Is he the one you kick? No, don't say no spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. God, that would be good. Lisa, write that down. <laughs> well, uh, you were you weren't the only one 
who was out and about and busy over the weekend. So Yeah, how's your pony? Finally, at last, we had some cool weather here in Ocala, Florida. Time to get the horse trailer out of mothballs and start going places again. And which I did, packed up the horse trailer, hitched it up, checked the air pressure in the tires, ready to go. And Saturday morning rolls around. Look at the weather report. Oh, look, it's back to 95 again. But we went anyway. <laughs> I went uh, out to the horse park, the Florida horse park, which we live right down the street from. The perimeter of the horse park is surrounded by public lands that have multi-use trails on them. So I frequently go out there and use that as a ride place to for fit fitness riding for Nigel. Went out and did that. Got there. And I pulled into the back driveway and there's the there's the trailhead for the trail riders where we park. And it's, you know, probably the size of a football field. And I pulled in there at 8.30 in the morning. There was nowhere left to park. It was full. Completely full. And most of the trailers were about 120 feet long. This is odd, but I've got to find a place to park. So I pulled in and I, I really squeezed myself between two other horse trailers. I was so proud of myself because I had to back up. And I hopped out and the person in the trailer next to me, is this going to be okay? Am I going to be too close to your trailer? Well, actually, you can't park here today because we're having a polo match. Now, have you ever attended a polo match, Jamie? Uh, yes, I have. What happens in polo match? What's do, what do the horses on the playing field do? When they're not playing? No, when they are playing. When they're on the field. What do they do? They gallop around. Right. They gallop full tilt as fast as they can <laughs> in small, tight groups. Now, what do you suspect horses who are watching this and not familiar with polo, how do you think they're going to react to that sort of Freak thing? out! Yes! <laughs> so I I... When I found out that there was going to be a polo match, I said, I'm going to park somewhere else. <laughs> so I headed to the other side of the park and parked somewhere else under a tree and went out had, and had a very pleasant but short training ride because the heat very quickly became overwhelming for poor Nigel, who's busily growing a winter coat. We kept it to about four miles and packed it up for the day. But when I got back to the horse trailer, I made a bad parking mistake. I parked right where the announcer for the polo game is. He was I could throw a rock at him and hit him. I was that close. Wow. Yeah. Epic fail. So we did the fastest untacked cool-off load horse ever before the announcing started. Heck yeah. I'm getting the heck out of Dodge. Cause I've had that happen on several different horses. When I lived in up in Massachusetts and worked at Myopia Hunt Club. It's a hunt club, it's a country club, but it's also a very, very active polo club. And there are some horses, it's just like fox hunting, there are some horses who just can't deal. And when they just can't deal, it's it's a bad scene. And I wasn't sure how it was going to go down, so we just got the heck out of Dodge. So uh, we did that. And then, because it was a weekend and I was sick and tired of being cooped up, I left again on Sunday morning and uh, went up and did a hunter pace a little bit north of us with the aforementioned April. I who, miss Hunter Paces. Those are my favorite things. Now, what? What did, I love them too. What's your favorite part about a Hunter Pace? My favorite part of the Hunter Pace is reading your horse while you're doing it and and deciding whether you want to jump the jump, you want to do that. So Hunter Pace, explain to Hunter Pace for those who might not know, not know what it is. Okay. Hunter Paces are generally sponsored by fox hunting clubs. We'll put that out there at first, but not always. And it's basically a cross-country ride between 3 and 10 miles, depending on. You go out in informal little groups of people that you choose yourselves. It can be two people. It can be 10 people. Your choice. You enter classes that are divided by how fast you plan on going and whether or not you want to jump jumps and how big your jumps are going to be. But it's a very relaxed atmosphere, and it's an optimum time competition. Your goal is to go the speed that they have decided upon but didn't tell you. So that's the tricky part. But it's very relaxed in that if you're in the 2-6 jumping division and you come to a 2-6 uh, coffin jump that has a drop to a ditch to a vertical, and, you know, today's not the day that we're going to figure out ditches with this particular horse, you can go around it. 
And that's kind of how the competitions work. And you're right. It's all about reading your horse and being in that group. So we did that. We, we entered the, what, what they call here, the pasture fit class, which means your to- optimum time is going to be slower. And April was on her exceedingly fancy and extra handsome dressage horse, who's a, I want to say Swedish warm blood, but I could be wrong. But he's extra fancy. It's like Nigel is Gomer Pyle and her horse Windsor is Fabio. <laughs> That's how they wow. look. That's how they look together. Nigel's what a giant. What horse is it? I, I think he's a Swedish warm blood, Dutch warm blood. I'm not good at my brands. Some sort of fancy warm blood. Exceedingly okay. fancy warm blood. Like really, Nigel really does look like Gomer Pyle standing next to him. But he loves to go out and do these kinds of rides. It gets his energy up and it's a really pleasant change for him. And uh, she, we've done a number of rides. We go out and cross country school together too. And it gives Nigel confidence because Nigel doesn't want to go anywhere unless he's got a target. He's that kind of a thoroughbred. He'd be the come from behind horse. Unless he's got a target in front of him, he has no desire to go anywhere. And then once he passes the target, he's good. He's like, good, race over. <laughs> so, Gotcha. Well, what I love about Hunter Paces is like, y- yes, there is the, I, I get performance anxiety, I guess I would say, where I get a little bit nervous sometimes about doing well and winning. And the, it takes all of the the guessing, the, the like try to be super competitive and win because you don't know how you're going to win. You just, you just ride, you know what I mean? So, um, you'd kind of go at the pace that's predetermined. However, usually when I do a hundred pace, I just go as fast as I can. Hey, it's way more fun. (laughs) Um, and I always get myself, they're like, okay, well you, um, beat everybody in time. And I'm like, see, I did win, but you didn't win. So there's that. Um, but hundred paces are just fun because you go out with your friends and you, you, you follow along with a cross country course, but like I said, you don't know what time you're supposed to go. You just go at the, what you would think would be the appropriate yeah. time. And you don't know what jumps your... are coming up because you don't get to walk the course. Yeah. And you don't walk the course. It's just like exploring. I did some in Ohio when I lived out in Eastern Ohio in Amish country. And I mean, you would just jump fence lines to get mm-hmm. to the next place. It was just really, really fun. So I love those. They're really fun. I'm glad you guys got to go yeah. do it and have fun. I'm jealous. I want to find some around yeah. here. We actually jumped some jumps. It was so exciting. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> and he did. And it's great because here at the farm, I don't have any cross country jumps. All I have are like cross rails and stuff. And Nigel is of the ilk that, well, if it's a rail, you just go through it. There's no need to go over it. It falls down. Mm-hmm. And he's he's very committed to that. Very. Oh, God. Yeah. So it was so fun to go out and go over natural obstacles that don't fall down. And he's going, oh, I got this. I got this. It was so fun. I really, really pick had up fun. your feet, buddy. Yeah. Hey, we, we before we get to our first guest, let's talk about Kemen and uh, Kemen's ad. Here's a new bucket challenge for you: grab a bucket, drill twenty holes in the bottom. Next, fill it with water, then see how far you can carry it before it's completely empty. Actually, don't do that. It's a waste of time in a perfectly good bucket. Plus, you know how that experiment ends: an empty bucket. Well, what you may not know is the leaks in your horse's intestinal barrier, also known as leaky gut syndrome, can result in various health and welfare. problems problems. In fact, <clears throat> excuse me, gut issues are the number one cause of premature death in horses. Good nutrition and attention to gut health can alleviate the negative impacts of stress and help promote immunity, performance, healthy weight, nutrient absorption, and positive attitude. Kemen is the industry leader in gut health solutions. So for optimum gut health, ensure your feed includes Clostat and Butapearl Z EQ from Kemen. You can learn more about it by going to kemen.com slash leaky gut. Good stuff. I've used uh, several products now that have the butapearl in it. Good stuff. I know. I went to Kemen to see if I could just buy that. And they were like, no, it's in the food. Like you just, we, right. we, we make things that go in food. And so you just have to look and make sure that the food you're feeding has these things in it. Yeah. It's really, it's really nice though, because you're not creating extra work for yourself by adding supplements to the food. It's already in the food. <laughs> We're here to just let you know about it, you know, check it out. And there are a number of nationally available brands that use their ingredients. So even if you're in the middle of North Dakota, you can get some, get, uh, or Oklahoma, or Oklahoma, you can get (laughs) that. 
All right. And speaking of inspiration, our first guest. Ha ha, it's going to be fun. So happy. Welcome to the show, Alistair. Hi there. How you doing? I'm doing great. Um, your Airbnb, birth, it's called Bertha's Box. It has a name because that's what the Brits do with their places. They name them. Of the most interesting yeah, is- and fun Airbnb ever in the world. Came across my Facebook page, so I had to ask you to come on the show. Tell us what your Airbnb is and what it looks like. Uh, so we have taken a sort of 1975, 1980s lorry and converted a horse lorry and converted it into a sort of luxury farmhouse-esque Airbnb, a uh, glamping pod. And yeah, uh, she's awesome. And I love her. And we called her Bertha. Uh, Mum sort of named her as a joke Bertha. And then it just stuck as we were sort of building it. And uh, yeah, she is really, really cool. Really pleased with her. So she and she is a gorgeous horse van we would call her here in the states is bertha the horse van something that you all had sitting about in the back pasture or was bertha purchased uh f- specifically to become an airbnb uh no she was purchased to become an airbnb uh my wife is a dressage riding instructor um so we've already got like a uh a dressage set up big uh, 60 meter by 25 meter arena and sort of stables and stuff um and we wanted to do an airbnb on the farm uh and we thought about like old english shepherd huts and things but uh the fact that the horses were already on the farm and bertha is set in amongst the paddocks for the horses it just yeah it just all seemed to fit in um and then we saw a couple on pinterest and bits and bobs and decided that uh yeah that was the way we were going to go and then fortunately um a local uh, lady to us was selling her old horse lorry because she bought a new one so we jumped on the chance and took, took out all the horse accommodation and made it into human accommodation. And when you, when you started down that path of making Bertha into accommodations for humans, did you have it sort of planned out in advance exactly what it looked like, or was it a make-it-up-as-you-go process? Uh, no, I am not a very visual. I'm a farmer, and we're not very visual at the best of times. So... Um, <laughs> I had a rough idea of what I wanted it to look like, but what it's actually become is is better than I ever imagined it in my head. And with the decking out the back, and we converted a horse trailer into the bathroom, so you've got a big walk-in shower, and sort of it just it evolved as we were designing it. And uh, we had a, a really great guy that just up the road who normally makes shepherd tats that said he would do it for us. And I literally wheeled up this lorry to him, and he went. Right, you you weren't joking then. I was like, nope, no, no, please, could you convert this into something, please? And he was he was great. Um, and yeah, it just it just developed as we went on, and it is what it is now. So when you started this out, was was the horse van turned into a camper, and then placed in the in the pasture, or was it was it redone in the pasture where it sits now? Uh, no, so it was uh, it was. It was very much a drivable lorry, so we drove it. The, uh, the chap that helped us convert it only lives three miles away from we are. So we drove it up there, and it was converted in his shed over the winter. And then we drove it back down, uh, and then we had many arguments about which way we should face, uh, face her and like which way we should point it for the best views and, and bits and bobs. So, yeah, no, she was very much put into place afterwards. So you, did the, you did the, had the van done, and then you placed it. Now, was the horse trailer which is a, a two-horse trailer was that done as a completely separate build that you decided to do later or was that in the original plan uh no so the original plan was we were just going to put a, a sort of like a, a shed up for the bathroom um and uh yeah that was going to be and then i had a crazy idea that actually to keep it in the theme to, to try and convert a horse trailer into a bathroom would be amazing uh and everyone told me that it was too small and it wasn't going to work and it just wouldn't look quite right but um, I was sort of, I'm quite stubborn at the best of times. And uh, yeah, it, it, and actually now it's the thing that people most comment on because it just still looks like from the outside, you look like you could put two horses in it and drive off. And then you open the door and it's got this big walk-in shower, full WC, you know, the, the works. It's one of the things that people, and it's stuff that is most commented on like our reviews and stuff is the shower. We put a really big shower in and made sure that it was a luxury, a luxury type uh, environment because, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I don't like camping. Uh, I don't like camping without a hot shower. I'm a farmer. I spend enough time in my own wet, muddy fields. The last thing I want to do is go and spend time in anyone else's wet, muddy fields. So 
we thought we'd make it a little bit more luxury than uh, maybe the sort of camping style. So you, how many people can now the the horse van? That's a pretty big size van. How many horses was it originally designed to carry? Uh, so it could carry three originally. So it was a three horse, and then it had a little bit of living as well. So it had the, it already had like a a bed over the loose and over the cab. Um, so yeah, so it's now it now sleeps four people. So there's a big king size bed up over the cab, and then there's a pull out sofa bed that becomes uh, that becomes a double bed. Um, and it will sleep for adults, but really it's designed for like families um, and two adults is great. Two adults, two kids. Uh, we accept dogs as well. So it's sort of like that that family break is what we were really targeting. So where is it and how can I book it? Because that sounds amazing. Uh, so we are in ross on Wye, which is in Herefordshire in the UK. It's We're about... We're about two miles from, well, no, sorry, five miles from the border of Wales. So we're right over on the west of England. Um, and she's available on Airbnb. I mean, if you search for Bertha's box, she should show up. Otherwise, it's, I think it's www.airbnb.com forward slash Bertha's box. Um, and that's where she is. Although we've, we've got a Facebook page, which again is Bertha's box, if that's the easier way to find it. Um, and actually, that's sort of, I think that's how you found us is that, that, I posted it in July and it just went, for some reason, I'm not, still not quite sure why, it just went viral. It had over half a million uh, people have now seen it. It's been shared sort of two and a half thousand times. It was just one of those posts that just for some reason people just got it. And, and for, for somebody like me and my wife, who we, this isn't what we do, you know, we're, we're farmers and she's a, an equestrian instructor. It was, um, it was really nice for other people to enjoy her. Well, I love it. You guys have great reviews. You can find it. Uh, I just searched Airbnb Bertha's Box, and you can find it there. It's super cute, and um, I will see you uh, next summer. How about that? Absolutely. Come on over. We'd love to. Have, we'd love to show you around. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's lovely to speak to you guys. Bye, lovely Alistair. To speak to you too. I'm planning my vacation right bye. now. <laughs> Absolutely. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. It's super cute. I see when I went to Ireland, Chad and I went, we just rented a car and just drove around. And anytime we found a cool town that we liked, I just searched. It's so easy to travel now. I just searched Airbnb and I picked the weirdest ones I could find, like the most unique ones I could find. Mm -hmm. Like we stayed in a tiny home one night. Uh, kind of on the west side of Ireland, we stayed on a sheep farm where it's actually a sheep farm in the house. They just like when people come, they just peace out. And I like, thought you were going to say that there were sheep in the house, but okay. <laughs> they were in the backyard. I was trying to do join up with them. It was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, can I play with your sheep? Like, sure, whatever, no problem. So and I'll play, but it was just really, really fun. And this is definitely something I would see and be like, yes, we are staying in this place. It'd be awesome. Yeah, they, and it's. It's. I think it's something that probably every horse person has wanted to try to do. Because every, every time I see well, a, a, the, the famous bad horse trailer ad, it's like, oh, you could take that and make it into a little, you know, a little tiny, tiny house. A genuine tiny house. It's really super cute. And I would also like to point out that... Um, you know, it's, it's a horse box, but they've also got like a little two horse trailer attached with the, the toilet and everything in the the bathroom. So they have it plumbed, I guess for, mm -hmm. for that, but yeah, it's super cute. And what a good way to make some extra money. Um, I was hoping that he was the one who had renovated it himself because that, that, that would bring on a lot more questions, but no, this just, doesn't say farmer renovation to me. No, to me. no. it's, it's no, <laughs> it's professionally done. It's super nice. It's beautiful. It's really it really is beautiful. So, okay. Listeners, this challenge is, is now being put out there. We want to see pictures by September of 2021, your horse trailer, horse van conversion into money-making Airbnb in your back pasture. Yeah. Somebody's got to do it. We've slept in horse trailers, okay? But <laughs> this is this takes it to another level. Yeah, it probably doesn't smell like horse anymore. Probably not. <laughs> and speaking of not smelling, Equiderma, they make shampoo. They make a lot of products, but they make shampoo. Neem oil and Arnica shampoo. And it is made with 100% active ingredients. There's nothing in there that they don't need to have in there. So it starts with a base of neem leaf tea, 
which is a powerful Ayurvedic-based formulation and is more than just a traditional cleansing shampoo. It's designed to improve the condition of the skin without stripping the natural oils essential for a shiny, glossy, and let's capitalize this, healthy coat. Use our use the neem oil shampoo to calm hives and soothe sweet itch and hype, insect bite hypersensitivity. It's September, but I'm sorry, there's still bugs biting out there. And it's also going to inhibit the growth of bacteria, funguses, and other nasty skin issues that none of us need to have going into winter. And you can use it as a part of your regular grooming regime. Or if you've already got problems, you can par- use it as part of the entire Equiderma system to attack skin problems. She's got it all figured out over there at Equiderma. This is like a seven-course meal for your horse's skin, and it deeply nourishes and protects it and imparts a long-lasting shine. And the best part is, listen to this, if you use coupon code HRN15 when you check out, you're going to get 15% off your neem and arnica shampoo plus everything else that you buy at Equiderma. Scooter loves it. He does have sensitive skin. He does have issues and he loves neem and arnica shampoo. Makes him soft and shiny and his skin feels oh so good. HRN15 for 15% off. Equidermaus.com. Well, I think it's time, Jen. Hit the hit the the sound effect, the bumper. Hit the sound effect. Uh, First world problems. There they are. Oh, First world problems. First world problems. First world problems. Let me remind everyone that if you have an equestrian problem, it is a first world problem. Okay. Um, that's just the way that's, that's the life we're living right now. And one of these is going to tie into a little bit of what I'm dealing with. Um, but first of all, we're going to go, Oh, by the way, Jen, um, these first world problems are submitted by our auditors Um, and we make a post Saturday night or Sunday night or Monday morning, just like, Hey, let us know your problems. And people like to share their problems. So, uh, if they want to become an auditor, Jen, what do they do? They can go to horsesinthemorning.com. And if you read that page, you're going to see a little banner. I believe it's on the right-hand side nowadays that says auditors or become an auditor. And you just click on that. It takes you to the page where you become an auditor and explains how it works. And that's how you can do it. And then you can join the cool kids club. Okay. So let's start with um, our dear friend, Laureen. Because Laureen. Laureen has a common first world problem. Um, I have been out of work due to COVID for so long. <laughs> that I, <laughs> that's what Laureen sounds like. If you're not a regular listener, that's what Laureen sounds like. She kind of sounds like this. It's not quite as bad as I say, but it's funnier if I make it sound worse. I have been out of work due to COVID for so long that I don't know which genes are my good genes and which genes are my barn genes. Now they just all go to the barn. <laughs> oh my God. I wore Yeah. I can't, I can't. I'm, a common problem for me too. And it's not, I have no COVID as an excuse. I just wear my non horsey clothes into the barn. It's just the way it is. Carrie says my horse pulled a shoe the first day of my vacation and then he couldn't back, get it back on again until Thursday. So then on Friday, we finally went out on a trail ride and then he pulled it when we tried it the first time. Oh man. That's actually a real horsey problem. Um, But the whole point is, like, you're a horse or whatever. Um, Aaron says, oh, my God, you guys, I got a new pair of riding tights with a cell phone pocket. Yay! Fall foliage picks while trail riding. But I accidentally got full seat tights, and they're so dang sticky, I can barely post a trot while riding down the trail. (laughs) They must be those carrot sit-tight ones, man. Boy, you sit down in that. God forbid you get into a car with those things on. You got leather seats. You ain't going nowhere. Um, Matt says, this summer, I tried to do a million things around the farm. But the cold snap the other day reminded me of the one that I forgot to measure and buy a blanket and make sure the rescue horse I took in last year will wear it. And now I have to hurry up since mother nature is completely bipolar. (laughs) Oh yeah. And if you, and if you don't know if the horse will comfortably wear a blanket, that makes it even trickier. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And and so that leads into Alex's first world problem. And Alex says, I needed a new medium blanket and horse lovers had the weather beta Comfitec on sale, but I had to buy more stuff to get the free shipping. Oh, I hate it when that happens. Okay. Now for those who listen, the weather beta Comfitec is what all my horses in my barn wear. The ones with the necks already attached, because like, I feel like we get so much rain here um, and it's cool in the winter that I feel like their neck should be, you know, cause sometimes you have the blanket and then the water just runs down their neck, like into their chest and like halfway. To, and I just always felt like those Comfitec neck ones are the ones to get. And now Alex, you're meaning to tell me that there was a sale of them on horse lovers and you know I just got a new horse that's like an Andalusian yearling and I'm going to need a blanket for him and for Stanley and you didn't tell me that there was a sale? <laughs> the problems just keep coming. So, keep of course, then I go on and I just measured them yesterday, Alex. This would have been really helpful information. So I went on and I believe that I found the sale. And here's what I found is that all officially now of my weather beta Comfitex, of which I already have like five first world problems, they're all the same color and they're all different sizes. So now I've got to figure out a way to, and so I was like, oh God, I'll get on and I'll get some smaller ones. Cause actually Stanley and Miles, the Andalusian and Stanley, the yearling Oldenburg are the same size. I measured them yesterday, they're both 72. And so I went on, I was like, I'll get different color of the 72. So they'll know that those are their blankets. And guess what, Alex, all they had left was the same exact navy blue color. <laughs> So now I'm going to have seven of the exact same blankets in the exact same color, only two of which are the same freaking size. And if you told me about the sale in the first place, Alex, (laughs) I would not be having this problem. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Oh, when I worked, when I had a barn with, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of horses, it was the worst when, because they could only make blankets in so many colors, but you have 35 different blankets and they're all the same three colors and you get them mixed up and then you throw it on there and you do up the straps and you finally get to the leg straps and you go, oh crap, that's the wrong one. Oh, I hate that. Sorry. Now, years ago, a listener sent me these little plastic tabs that she makes and that was great. Um, but now most of the horses have rotated and or changed and or some of them got ripped off because it was a couple years ago. And so somebody just told me I need to get like cat- cattle tags for the blankets. Now, I did write inside on that like part where it says the name of the horse. You write down in Sharpie, you know, but then you have to like look through all of it. It's basically like trying to check the size as you get it. And plus, I don't have a rocket anymore or Groot and so now those blankets have had been had to repurpose. So I need to get some sort of system for writing names on blankets. That's very visible. And now like, what am I going to do with Zara's blanket? Because like Zara had a blanket and now hers is she's sold. And so now I've got her size that nobody's going to fit. Oh my gosh. Listen to me. You're going into a spin there, girl. Get a grip. It's all your fault, Alex, <laughs> for not telling me that there was a sale on my favorite blanket. Okay. Moving past that. Colleen says, My horse is usually very aloof when he's in this paddock. And so yesterday I turned him out and after I hosed him off, I turned him out and he rolled in the mud at the end of my lesson. And all he wanted to do was come over and snuggle me and he was covered in mud. (laughs) Uh, He doesn't love me. Oh wait, now he loves me. Great. Um, TJ says, I totally taught my mare to trailer load. But I have nowhere to go. So what do I do? Do I just keep practicing? What about the winter? Will she like forget? Ugh. <laughs> I find I if often you wonder get about them, that. <laughs> if you get them in there nicely and it's no stress and they've had five or six experiences, they really don't forget until you like some idiot goes and loads them. And oh God, I was at that horse show yesterday and I just drive out and I'm like watching, you know, I, I really think I can make a killing going to horse shows and trailer loading people's horses at the end of the day. You know know what was really nice for me? Nigel is a slow loader. He's become knock on wood, really quite obedient because I practice those things. You don't, you don't make it a dramatic event. You just get in the trailer, but he is very averse to things touching his flanks. He needs to wear that blanket that Monty makes for starting gates. He needs to wear that in the horse. Mm -hmm. Um, So he still doesn't enjoy it, but he goes, (gasps) deep breath and he goes on but it takes him probably 
between five and six minutes from when I present him to the tailgate till he just walks on. And I just let and him stand in, there until he walks on. In that five or six minutes that you're standing with your horse outside the trailer, how many people come up to you? You need a whip? Yes. You need some help? Yes. Some and signage? yes, on Sunday, nobody came over and said, and walked up behind him in the threatening fashion that we were all taught to do as children. Do you need help? Nobody did it. <laughs> That's amazing. I remember the time I took Groot to his first ever like one day horse trial. And he just always, he was such a bad, I mean, he had some really bad loading issues when I got him. And so when, you know, when I finally did teach him to load, I would let him stand outside of it for three or four minutes because it takes that long for their eyes to adjust to the darkness. And he would stand there for a minute, let his eyes adjust and he'd hop in. And I'm at this horse trial and I have him just, you know, I'm standing in the trailer, just letting him stand there. And out of nowhere, these two people lock arms. Oh no! And I, I see him like head goes up, you know, snorty. And these two people out of nowhere, without asking if I need any help, have locked arms and are trying to come up on him and like shove, shove him, him in. into the trailer. Yeah. Like they do at the breeder's cup going into the starting stall. Like what? are you doing? I was like, what did I do? Yeah. They're like, oh, we're trying to help you. I'm like, he just needs a minute. Like who just does that without asking? We appreciate the thought, but you should ask first. That's that. That is terrible. idea. You could get kicked. Like how stupid. Best practice. Ask first. Yeah. (gasps) Deep breath. Julia says I was buying a ton of new tech for my COVID pony from my favorite supplier. And then my credit card (laughs) said I could use my frequent flyer rewards instead of actual money. So I totally did it. It really is free. Now, how am I supposed to visit my parents? (laughs) (laughs) Like, sorry, mom, I got a padded halter and a stir single and long lines instead. (laughs) That was pretty good. Jillian says we drove 10 hours to camp and ride for the week. Like, wow, what a cool vacation You drive to like camp and ride for the whole entire week, but it's raining this morning. So the horses are going to have to rest in their covered stalls until it clears up. God. So you go, I want to know where that place is. Cause they've got a barn and stalls and everything. You don't have to tie them to the trailer or anything or a tie line. Yeah. They got a lot of those down here. Lori says my horse is at the trainer's. My trailer is at the trailer fixer and my car is in the shop. <laughs> what is she going to do? Um, Jordan, that sucks. That's like, and all you have to do is add, you know, like some, my dog is at the vet and then yeah. like you're might as well just sit on the couch and eat bonbons for three days. Uh, Jordan says the owner of the stallion I bred my mare to and the farm where I kept her sent me an awesome gift. And so how do I thank her? And now I have to decide what kind of photo shoot I want done for the mom and baby black background pictures, white background, or like a regular photo shoot. Oh my God. There's so many choices. (laughs) Photo shoot. That's become a thing. Hasn't it? The whole photo shoot for your horses. I didn't know I would have done like a big bow on pink's belly when Stanley was in there. As ours in there. I don't know. Um, I could Photoshop a, Photoshop a big, big bow onto it. It is 2020. (laughs) I know, right? Uh, Carly said back in Glendale, which is frankly not surprising because Glendale is sketchy. She lives in Arizona. I know the place. I had my tack trunk stolen. I had pads, bridles, boots, wraps, bits, etc. And at the time, I didn't think I'd be able to have another horse. So I like totally brushed it off. And now I really could use all that gear and not have to repurchase everything because I got a new horse and I've spent way more money to buy all the stuff I once had. And I have to get shot for a new tack trunk. And who doesn't love that? But I'm not rich. So it needs to be like super cheap. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I hope you like filed a police report or something. You know, part of Um, of the fun for me though, is seeing how little I can spend on stuff. It is. It's shopping. I mean, that's why we go to horse lovers on a sale. If Alex would have told me that my freaking favorite blankets were on sale. Thanks. Um, (laughs) Jenna says, by the way, I don't know Alex personally, so please don't be mad at me, (laughs) but you know, Love you. Jenna says, I got an awesome new headlamp for cleaning. Oh, this is my favorite one. I saved it for last. And this is, um, it's a visual type of thing. Um, I could just see Jenna. I got an awesome new headlamp for cleaning paddocks in the dark after work. You know, it's getting dark earlier and earlier and that's commitment right there to be out early, uh, in the dark cleaning your paddocks. 
Seriously, she says, this thing makes it look like daylight in a 15-foot radius. But the weather is still pretty good, which means the bugs are still bad. (laughs) And I'm like a freaking walking bug zapper light. And the stupid bugs keep hitting me in the face. Oh, my gosh. That's fantastic. So I can just see this. like It's like a beacon. You know, like Wreck-It Ralph when they have to get a beacon to get all those bugs to it. It's like having the mosquito zapper outside and all you hear. Well, we have these ginormous windows out of our back uh, on the backside of our house. In this house we built, there's huge windows that overlook the pasture. And at night, if you have the lights on in the house, literally all it is, all I do is like. You just hear bugs like just kamikaze diving into the windows and there's just like bug guts on my windows at all. I'm like, turn off the lights, turn off, turn off the lights. I cleaned the windows yesterday. Keep it dark. <laughs> mommy, why can't we, t- mommy, why can't we turn the living room lights on? Go to your room and go to bed and turn the lights off and everything. Just lay in the bed quietly because <laughs> the bugs are coming and the they're coming. getting my windows disgusting. <gasps> First world problems. There you go. If you guys wanted to submit your own, you can become an auditor. Go to horsesinthemorning.com. And again, remember all equestrian problems are first world problems. Every single one of them. Now let's take a little break. And we're going to hear from Templeton Thompson because we always do that when I get to co-host the show. Yay! Yay! And then we're going to chat with Piper from uh, the, who's at the Capital Challenge. Come on. She could have passed for a cowboy The way she carried herself And that 50 pounds of leather Put it up on that pony Light as a feather Like she'd done it all her life And she asked if I was ready Handing me the reins And we started out walking Up until that morning She hadn't been much on talking Guess it finally come the time And she said I've learned more From the back of a horse thing most folks ever get to know You never really know what you're made of Till you ride out on your own Your stride. 
morning on the horse radio network that's templeton thompson you can find all of her music at templetonthompson.com and it's time to give piper from the plaidcast a call hello piper hello everyone how are you we're just fantastic thank you so much for joining us now um it's a little bit of the game where in the world is Piper from the podcast. Where are you, Absolutely. girl? Absolutely. Um, so I'm at the Capital Challenge Horse Show, which um, is normally in Maryland um, at the Prince George Equestrian Center, and this year moved to World Equestrian Center in Wilmington, Ohio. So I am in Wilmington, Ohio, and kind of something a little bit new and different, um, but very exciting. So, tell us uh, what the what is the weather like in uh, Ohio right now? It's absolutely beautiful. Yesterday, I think um, it was like 77 and completely clear and the sun was shining and it like could not have been more beautiful. This morning, um, it sprinkled a little bit, but it's still in the 60s. And like, you know, this time of year, you really just, you know, up in the Northeast, you really cannot complain about um, the fact that it hasn't turned cold yet. So the leaves have turned, it's gorgeous and the temperature is not cold. So I could not be more grateful or more happy for this kind of late summer warmth. That's fantastic because in Ohio, I lived there for a, a couple of years and I feel like every day you, you can't predict the weather in October there or September even because yep. it's, it's hot as summer or the next day cold as winter. And yep. so that's great. You guys are having a, some success oh, I packed with the weather. Everything. Yeah. Like- right. <laughs> I have a suitcase that's like raincoats, big warm winter puppies, like t-shirts, every sunshirts, everything. I have a hunter type question before yes. we talk about the Capital Challenge. Now you show in the hunter world, correct? Yep. Yep. And you're gonna be showing there. Now, as an inventor, when it's really, really hot and you're yep. showing, they will wave coats. Yep. Uh, d- d- first question, do, does that happen in the hunter world? Will coats ever be waved? Occasionally, um, it does happen. Um, but you know, and as a child, like, I don't think I ever was like allowed to wave them. And of course, you know, they had the wool horrific things that we all use. The fabrics we used to show in are just horrifying in hindsight. Um, yeah. Now but, that's um, my next question yep. is if coats are waved, does anybody actually take their coat off? So now you don't have to, because like with, so I have, right now I'm showing in the carrots mesh coat. And before that I was showing in the Alessandro Albanese um, by Horseware mesh coat. And um, I know RJ Classics makes a great mesh coat too. Um, And so these mesh coats, you cannot tell that they're mesh and they really are so cool. It's like not having a coat on. So there's really, no matter how hot it is, it's it's really, there is no reason not to have your coat on and not to look, you know, your hunter best. And so I, I just think that that decision is totally off the table because these new fabrics and these new, um, you know, this new technology we're putting into our sport is so good. And so many brands, um, I think the carrots coat is like maybe 199 or somewhere right around there. I think the horseware one is around 250. Um, I'm not sure what the RJ classics one is, but it's, it's right in there. And so you can have this hunt coat that no one can tell is beautiful and is so comfortable. Like I, I remember, you know, especially as a kid, like you would get out of the ring and you'd peel everything off immediately. Cause it was awful. Oh, yeah. And like, now you just go out to dinner with your hunt coat. You're so comfortable. You're like, <laughs> why would I take this off? Like I can wrap my horse. I can do everything with my hunt coat on cause it's stretchy and great fabric. So like, you know, it's, it's, I, I think all of these decisions are like almost obsolete because we have such good fabrics and, great fit and great technology. So yeah, yeah. I, just I have an, an equestrian yeah. coat and I'm just like, every time I put it on, I'm like, this is why, where was this when I was back yeah. in as a kid showing in the hunters, wearing my brother's freaking wool Sunday school coat yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know? exactly. and my rubber boots, which were really, really attractive. I did really well in the hunters Piper. You should have seen it. Uh, so, uh, next question about the, hun- I was at a hunter show over the weekend. Okay. And as an inventor, we have ride times. 
Yep. This is your ride time. You're going to ride here. How on earth do you deal with the fact of the hurry up and wait? It just, I mean, it shouldn't it really get a waiting line app now where like hunters you're at your, the app says you're going to ride at four twelve. Like we got 16,000 people at the warm up lined up. Like how is there not that developed? How do you deal with the hurry up and wait? So I think that, you know, I think at the bigger shows, um, it's really not an issue. Like, so a Capital Challenge or Devon or something, you don't have any warm-up trips. Um, you don't have any kind of, like, what I'll call optional classes. Um, and so you know when your division's going to go and things run on time. And, and it's kind of not a big deal at the bigger shows. Um, I think at the smaller shows, and I actually like this from a training perspective and a tool, like, a lot of times you're able to like add the warm up at the end gate or if you if your horse is done and you don't need to do the fourth round of the schooling division um, you can say at the end gate oh you know i signed up for four but like my horse is perfect on 3 i'm done and so i think i think it really inspires people listening to their horses more and making good horsemanship decisions um, so i really I think, you know, at the national finals, you do know when you're going to go. Um, and okay. at a show like Capital Challenge, you know, because people aren't like tomorrow, I have um, one round. And if that goes well, I'll qualify to go into a second round. But like the horse show knows how many, the horse show knows that like 40 people are going to do the first round, 12 people are going to do the second round, and they can time that all out. Like no one's adding anything in the morning or subtracting any, you know, one or two people might scratch in the morning if their horses aren't in perfect shape, but like at these big shows, you don't have that variability. And I think at the smaller shows, you know, it is a little bit annoying. And I think for spectators and stuff, it, it is annoying um, to not know when things are going to go. But I think the reason it is, is because everyone is making more game time horsemanship decisions and listening to their horse. And I think all year long, if people are making the right decision for their riders, for their horses, and, and that has to be in real time a little bit, I don't have an issue with that as long as it's not a national finals. And I think there is going to be some variability in your ride time for well, the people watching you. That's good to know. Finals. Yeah. That it doesn't happen so much in the national in the national arenas. And then it is more in the schooling shows, which is why they are there, you know, is to add or practice more or do whatever. Yep. Um, so basically what you're saying is you got to pay to play. <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> you know what I heard? Or I heard this. Jamie, if your horse was behaving the way you behave when you have to wait for a hunter class, what would you do? Do we need to put a dually on you and ask you to back up 32 steps? Is that what we need to do, Jamie? Uh, the problem is, it is my horse gets a little anxious. Uh, I, yesterday, I was telling about it was it was a horse's first day out, and so of course he was naturally a little up. And I was like, "Oh my god, I cannot walk this horse in another circle. <laughs> I'm exhausted." But first anyway, it was problem. Great. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, so tell us, what is the Capital Challenge? Um, so Capital Challenge, I think it's the 26th or the 27th year. Um, it's been around for a while. Um, and it really started as a way to showcase the hunters. Um, so you have indoors coming right up. You have the three jewels of indoors traditionally have been the Pennsylvania National Horse Show at Harrisburg, the Washington International Horse Show um, in downtown D.C., and then the National Horse Show, which used to be at Madison Square Garden and is now um, at the Kentucky Horse Park in Kentucky. So those were kind of the historic three crown jewels. Um, and then Capital Challenge became kind of a, you know, warm-up show for those three, and so everyone would come out. And then as time evolved, people really realized that those three shows are really restrictive, you know, especially the ones like downtown and stuff. You only have certain divisions. Very few people can qualify because they can only accommodate so many people. And so Capital Challenge really filled this niche. Like it's a year-end final that they have like future hunter divisions. So they have, you know, five and under hunter divisions. They have six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, um, a lot of stuff that the other indoors just can't accommodate volume-wise. Um, and they also have the three-foot hunters. They have the um, adult hunters. They have children's hunter championships. Um, it's home for the world champion hunter rider, the WCHR series. Um, their championships are all at this show. Um, and as someone who spends a lot of time in California, this is like the Californians love coming to Capital Challenge. This is their big one where they can oh, wow. really compete with the East Coast riders and everyone brings their A game. And, you know, I remember like years ago, someone said to me, she said, the thing about being at Capital Challenge is you see the most beautiful horse you've ever seen in your life. 
And then the next horse comes in and is even more beautiful. And that's like Capital Challenge is known for like people jogging 12th with an 84. You know, it's just the other indoors absolutely have the brilliance and incredible competition. But Capital Challenge just has a depth because um, you don't have to qualify for everything. Some things you do, but they just have a depth of division that's unbelievable. There are so many horses in every division. Everyone is working so hard to peak here and every horse moves better is prettier jumps better than the last and wow. you know winning in those future hundred of you know you're looking for the next star there's a lot of horse shopping there's just a lot of excitement and i think any horse show that's at the beginning of something just taps into so much excitement you know the first couple horse shows of the year like the first couple of weeks at WEF or the first couple of weeks um in the desert in california i mean you're just tapping into that hope that excitement that thrill and cabal challenge taps into that you know everyone's hoping to win indoors you know it's just that exciting and so I think you know and they have um a lot of great equitation classes I think the one equitation medal over the weekend had 122 in it like wow the classes are huge um they have a lot of they have the Taylor Harris medal which is a three-foot kind of starter big ec final um so there's there's a lot of stuff, a lot of stepping stone divisions, a lot of places where people can step up and do a national final for the first time, which is what I'm doing um, this week, you know, doing my first national final um, at the three foot, you know, and the barrier of entry to all the other indoors would be jumping three, three, and I'm not there yet. So it's fun that I get to do a huge national final and compete against all the best people trying to be their best. That's fantastic. Um, well, it, 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 it looks like it's a, it's in a good location in between, uh, kind of halfway between Cincinnati and Columbus. It's good, uh, accessible. You've got probably riders all from the South and from the North yeah. as well. So Chicago, all the way down to Atlanta, you know, Florida even. So yep. we wish, you the best of luck. I can't wait to tune in and hear how you did. Good luck and congratulations on being there. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Have fun. Bye, Ruben. So well, cute. thank you, Jen, for filling in for Glenn today. Go. Um, I know that he's going to need some attention. Go in there and, you know, take him a hot chocolate and give him a foot rub. Okay. Yeah. He's going to get a, he's going to get a hot cocoa and early and then later a chocolate milkshake and then after that some chocolate ice cream and then uh to finish off the day we're gonna have chocolate cake yeah sounds good (laughs) that sounds like a great day i can't imagine why he's sick that's weird um (laughs) (laughs) all right everybody have a great day spay neuter and geld and thank you for joining us here on horses in the morning we'll see ya practice hanging out at the at the in gate jamie without a horse i can't i can't (laughs) 